The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Matthew Miller is a roller coaster designer who, over the past decade, has helped design all sorts of projects for both Universal and Disney. And he's here with us just now. How are you doing today? Hi, it's so good to hear from you. I'm doing well. How are you today? Yep, I'm doing great. So, as a roller coaster designer, do you visit theme parks often as a sort of non work thing? I do. Uh, I am in a theme park at least two days of every week. Wow. At least. So I go to a lot of theme parks. And does the thrill still exist for you? It doesn't get old. <laughs> you know, I get that question a lot. Mm. Honestly, I think I get even more of a thrilling feeling now that I'm like part of the industry and get to work on it from like behind the scenes. Mm, that's interesting. And when you're at the theme parks, do you nick any ideas? Oh, gosh. Um, so, yes, I when I'm at the parks, you know, you'll, you'll experience something and you think, oh, that's that's really neat or, you know, oh, maybe I wouldn't have done it that way, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, But what I enjoy the most about it is, you know, there's theme parks all around the globe, but the community of people that build the theme parks, it's actually quite small. There's, Mm. you know, a relatively small number of organizations that help build theme parks. So what I really like is when I know that like I had a friend or a previous coworker that, that designed an attraction or worked on a special effect, and then get to go to the park and experience it and be like, oh, like I know the person that did that and I know what they were thinking when they did that. Uh, that that's a lot of fun. Yeah, that must be thrilling. So which roller coasters have you helped design? Is it any ones that we'll know? Uh, yeah, I would I would think so. So um, when I when I say I'm a roller coaster designer, um, I've designed roller coasters, but I've also designed all sorts of attractions. And yeah. normally when I meet someone, I say I'm a roller coaster designer and they'll, they'll say, well, like, you know, did, did you do this ride or this ride? So uh, in general, the rides, the things that I have worked on and rides that I've worked on is um, I started with Disney and I did some work for their original uh, Disney Dream cruise ship. And we did a special effects show for Mickey Mouse uh, as as part of a part of that cruise ship. Uh, Then I spent a lot of time over at Universal and I worked on um, first on a couple of simulated attractions. So we did a Despicable Me, Minion Mayhem, as well as Transformers the Ride 3D. Uh, And then the first sort of real roller coaster I worked on was uh, Escape from Gringotts, which is part of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and Diagon Alley. Uh, then we did a, a couple of kids coasters that we call the Flight of Hippogriff. Those are smaller attractions. Uh, then we worked on some some even bigger rides. We did uh, 
uh, a Transformers uh, roller coaster over in Beijing. Um, We've did a a giant uh, Jurassic World water attraction, which is kind of like an indoor coaster. There's a big drop at the end of it. Uh, So we've we've been lucky enough to work on attractions all across the globe. Yeah, that's an incredible CV you've got there. (laughs) So what is that process like when you're designing a roller coaster? How do you actually do it? Well, I'll tell you, the the thing that surprises me the most is, is the length of time that it takes to build an attraction. So, um, you know, from there's different varying degrees in terms of overall level of theming. So I'll give you an example. Let's, let's use, uh, like a, a regional theme park. Let's say something like a, like a six flags or a sea world or, or a smaller park, and they build a roller coaster and it's just, it's a green roller coaster. They may call it the green monster. And outside of having like a large sign at the entrance, there's really no theming for the roller coaster. It's just the track and the car. Uh, something like that, you can usually turn that around in about a year, a year to two years. If it's if it's already been designed, because oftentimes parks will share the same design of a roller coaster and they'll just alter it just a little bit. Uh, you know, you can you can get that done in a year or less. But then if you start to, you know, grow on the theme and let's say you do something like the like in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Escape from Gringotts, you know, that that's an attraction with an entire land. You know, that can take five to six years or longer to develop uh, because, you know, you're building in the story, you're, you're building into the architecture of a city like it's much larger. Um, so I would say anywhere from a year to six years, depending on on the attraction. And honestly, most attractions start with the story, you know, something that, like I said, like these regional parks where maybe it's not a lot of theming and they want to call it the green monster. Okay, what are we going to call it? It's going to be called green. Like, let's just build it. Versus, you know, maybe something that's going at a Disney or Universal where it's a very intricate story and and maybe it's even an an intellectual property that, you know, generations know about. So you've got to get it right. You know, that can take several years. Yeah, that has surprised me that it does take so many years. But thinking about it, I guess it makes sense because they are massive structures aren't they they are yeah they're massive structures and some of the things that that take a long time is one the the structures are so large and then two the other one you know like the ones that have a lot of theming often it's more than just a roller coaster like the roller coaster will go like it'll fly by a large imax screen or there may be an explosion that happens or uh for example in green dots that's a roller coaster you're on the coaster but the the vehicle actually rotates 360 degrees while it's moving along the track so things like that, one, there's a lot of engineering into the safety, but also you just want the show to be right. Like you want someone when they're on the ride, not to realize they're on a roller coaster. You want to tell a story, but there's so many little details that have to happen at a precise timing. And that timing can take quite a while to, to get perfect. Yeah. And you mentioned about the roller coasters having a story. I guess that's quite important because I'm guessing it's probably not a coincidence that most theme parks that we know are related to entertainment companies like Disney and Universal. Yeah, I don't I don't think that there is a coincidence that there at all. Mm. You know, honestly, I I think just part of human nature is that we all connect to a story. You know, we yeah. can think of our favorite movie or a book that we read in school, maybe a story that, you know, our parents or our grandparents told us, you know, at a, at a festival or some holiday that we were celebrating at home. We just connect well with stories. 
And then I think the flip side of that is we've all been to a movie and we've watched a scene in a movie and we've thought, how cool would it be to actually experience that in real life? Yeah. So then as, as designers, we get this opportunity to, you know, we had that same feeling. We go to a movie and we think, oh, that scene in that movie, it was so neat. That would be such a cool ride. And then get to get to translate that into the real world. Uh, it's challenging, but it but it, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So what kind of roller coasters do you do in general? Is it the big scary ones or you wouldn't really call this a roller coaster, but do you sometimes work on lighter ones like teacups and things? I do. Yeah. So in terms of like actual roller coasters, um, there's, there's different ways to categorize them. Mm. Most of the ones that I have worked on are things that we call dark rides. And what's meant by that is they are inside of a show building, a, a very, large warehouse or soundstage and the reason for that is if you can build a roller coaster that is inside the dark then you can add theming you can add the projection screens the the large robots the animatronics that sort of thing uh they're they're also you know classified based off of their speed you know there's wooden there's steel there's hopper there's giga coasters but then on top of that you know there's simulated attractions like you were saying there's teacups um an attraction like a teacup we call those flat rides and what that means is that they sit flat on the ground so they can they can spin you around they can twist you around um, but i have worked on several flat rides uh, one that i did is called twirl and hurl which which is a funny name uh, it is part of the simpsons land at universal mm-hmm. and the story there is basically there's this alien invasion and you are sitting inside of a uh, ufo saucers and you're and you're going around in a circle so it's 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 a it's a small flat ride something that would be considered in the same family as a teacups attraction yeah shouldn't Simpsons land be at Disney now though <laughs> that's a good point yeah so uh so Universal they did have the rights to it or uh, you know they they built it in their park the theme park rights and then Disney bought Fox who technically does own Simpsons but yeah it's it's currently at Universal but good catch there <laughs> yeah so what is your day-to-day schedule like as a roller coaster and attraction designer so the first thing I'll say is I'll share with you my day but for anybody that's listening and maybe that wants to get into this this the industry of theme park which by the way i definitely recommend it you know i I love it love it love it um when you build an attraction you can have hundreds to 200 of different types of people working on the attraction Mm -hmm. mechanical engineers civil engineers uh people that are like lawyers that are going out and getting the ip people that are working with permits of the city um architects folks that are landscaping rock work painters operational leaders you name it they're there but for me i was on the project management side so what what i did in my role is i would be given uh, parts of the project that i had to manage obviously as a project manager mm-hmm. and i had to oversee that so i would often be working on multiple attractions at the same time so what my role would look like is i would normally it's a it's a nine to six nine to five p.m type day yeah. um, i would get in about eight you know eight eight thirty and i'd start answering emails things from the day before and then normally in the morning my uh my schedule consisted of meetings. So it would be going to meet with uh, the different project teams, uh, it could include, uh, you know, the engineers that are working on the ride vehicle to the artists that are working on the sculptures to the projectionists that are installing the IMAX screens, like just kind of across the board. And um, I focus a lot on the technology portion. So we're very tech specific in those meetings. Mm-hmm. Then often in the afternoons, I would be hard hat, vest, construction boots, walking the actual construction site. Wow. So it's a very hands on 
on-job as well as blueprints and things. Yes, it's very hands-on, um, especially in the larger organizations. And I think that's something that would surprise people because you think, oh, like you design it and somebody you know else comes in and builds it. But, you know, especially for these large, you know, intellectual properties, something like a Star Wars, you know, a Harry Potter, a Minions, a Toy Story, whatever the case is, not only are you building this attraction, you're also working with the film studio yeah. that is, you know, that, that owns it or that has produced the films. And they're right there with you because they have to ensure that what you're building lines up with what they have shown in their movies previously. And, you know, you'll say, hey, I want to do this. And they'll say, ah, well, you know, I don't I don't think that really lines up with the film. Or you'll say, hey, I want to do this. And they'll say, hey, you know what? That wasn't in the film, but that definitely lines up with, you know, the world that this film was built around. Let's add it. Yeah, you got to do it justice, really. So what has been your most difficult project to work on, do you think? Oh, wow. Um, that is a really good question. So I think they level in. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Difficulty only because, you know, some of the studios are easier to work with. Some of the projects have a bigger budget. Some of them, you know, it's work that's been done before versus things that haven't been done before. Um, but I would say overall, probably the hardest one that I worked on was Transformers The Ride 3D. Uh, there's a couple of them around the globe, but the one that I'm specifically talking about is at Universal Orlando. And the reason is that is an attraction that in a normal day, a normal, you know, 
timeframe would take somewhere around two to three years to build. And in Orlando, we built it in just over 10 months, Wow, uh, which was absolutely insane. And that is in less than a year, there was, you know, you know, 11 months earlier, there was a different building there, a different attraction came in, knocked down that attraction, cleared out the lot, rebuilt the attraction. And another thing that's really fascinating is that plot of land was right in the middle of an existing theme park. So that means if you want to work on it, one, guests are watching, right? You can't really hide it behind the scenes because it's right in the middle of the park. But the other thing is if you've got equipment and like dump trucks and cranes, you have to drive them through the theme park. And because we were doing it so quickly, we would actually like have like a parade of dump trucks that would go through <laughs> the theme park every day, which was really funny to see. Like we would send operations people out and they would stop the flow of guest traffic for a couple of minutes. Yeah. And then we would bring in, you know, the, the, the heavy equipment, the dump trucks, and then, and then have them leave. But I, I just think because that one happened so quickly um, and that was because they had already built a version of the attraction in Singapore and a version of the attraction in Hollywood. So it was more about just taking an existing attraction and making it fit in, in this plot of land. There were some changes, but overall it was an existing attraction. Yeah. That that was absolutely nuts <laughs> to turn it around that quick. Imagine being a guest and seeing that, though, thinking the parades yeah. here aren't what I expected. <laughs> That's exactly right. They're not throwing candy, they're throwing dirt. But yeah. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was funny. How did you actually manage to do it so quickly in 10 months then? Yeah, so a couple of things. One was, uh, it like I said, it was an existing attraction, so that really helped. So yeah. if you, you know, oftentimes, let's say that like a, a Transformers ride did not exist already. Mm. You've got years where lawyers, you know, they're going to meet with Hasbro and other folks, you know, that, yeah. that own the intellectual, the intellectual property, you know, negotiating, can we do it? Can we not do it? Then you've got things such as, okay, we're going to use these big IMAX screens. Well, you know, like how does Megatron look on an IMAX screen? Does it work? Like what changes do we need to make? So, you know, those multiple years of R&D or research and development that had already been done. So that was a huge help. Um, the second thing was it had been done multiple times. So not only was it like, oh, we've done it once, we've already done it twice. So like the, the purchasing of the ride vehicles, the programming of the ride vehicles, the things that normally trick somebody up, we've, you know, for the most part, we've got that figured out. And then the second thing is we're just going to work 24 seven, like multiple construction crews, you know, from morning through night through overnight. And they, they just, they just hammered it out. Mm. And, you know, within a few months it, it was up and it was just absolutely nuts to see it go so quickly. Yeah. And on the other hand, have you got any projects that you would say are the most fun to work on? Oh, the most fun. Well, out of all of them, I personally prefer the larger projects. So something that, that includes a, an entire land. So I think a good example of this would be Diagon Alley and the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And the reason is when, when you build an attraction, let's say a roller coaster or a log flume or whatever the case is, um, you know, you can ride, like I can get on the ride and I can ride with a guest. Or one of my favorite things to do is to sit at the exit of the attraction and I'll just like find a park bench and just listen to people when they're getting off the ride. And, you know, what did, you know, oh, I love this part, you know, oh, it was so cool. Or, you know, or sometimes they may, you know, somebody may be, oh, you know, I, I didn't like that part or I didn't think it was as much fun. You know, we'll, we'll take all criticism, but I like that. The difference is when, when you work on an entire land, 
two things. One is the project is normally much longer. So you get to know your coworkers a lot better. You know, you kind of become this family for, you know, three, four or five years. But then also when you open up an entire land, it's more than just a ride. There's retail shops or like there's the interactive wands or there's stage shows. And there's just something about being able to walk through an entire world that you've helped create and see families and the different guests walking through and enjoying it that there's, to me, there's just no better feeling yeah and do you get to test the roller coasters out before they're fully open to the public we do we do so um, one thing about these parks is they want to ensure without a shadow of a doubt that what a guest is getting on is completely safe yeah um, you, know, you hear a lot about like theme park you know competition you know disney wants to beat universal or vice versa mm. you know that may be true from a business standpoint but both of them never want to see a guest get hurt at all like that is yeah. you know that that is something that we're in complete agreement on all parks and agreements on. So safety is a top priority. So what will happen when you're testing a, an attraction is first there's a test called the push pull test. And what this is, is a roller coaster is pushed and pulled along the ride track with this large ring around it. And, and it will take them, if you think about a roller coaster, normally a roller coaster ride can last anywhere from, let's say, 30 seconds to if it's a longer ride with like simulations, maybe three minutes. This is a test that it's on that same track. It could take two weeks to three weeks just to complete one lap around the track. So they do like, you know, like six inches a day, you know, that sort of thing. Like it's just super slow moving. And, And what that does is it ensures that the roller coaster can smoothly go through the track. But the ring that's around the ride vehicle makes sure that someone can't get hurt, that, you know, there isn't a prop or a screen or a flame effect that is too close that somebody's going to reach out and their hand's going to touch it. Yeah. Um, so that's the first phase. And then after that, um, you, you run the vehicle a bunch and uh, you put, uh, we call them test, you know, test dummies. And they're normally filled with either sand or water. And they're like large boxes that you put in the seats and they simulate the weight of a human. And then after that, that's when we get to test and the designers and the people helping operate the attraction get to ride the ride. And also the uh, there's operations people that, you know, they're the ones that put you in the seatbelt or they're the ones running the queue and like welcoming the guests. They need practice. Mm-hmm. So often the designers will go be the practice people for the operations team and we'll ride it a bunch and they'll get their flow down. And then eventually the exciting day of a grand opening happens and and then guests get on the attraction. Yeah. I suppose every so often you hear about some incident at a theme park on a roller coaster, don't you? What's your reaction to that? I guess it's quite unlikely, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is quite unlikely, especially if you consider, you know, the, you know, the thousands of roller coasters that are, you know, on the planet running every day with the thousands of rides that are taken. But to your point, sometimes, unfortunately, things do happen. One, my first reaction is it always makes me sad because I think I would never want that to happen to me or my family or my friends. One, the people that are on the attraction, it makes me sad. And then I also think about the designers and the people that spent years of their life building something and their name is attached to this attraction. And now that attraction is in the news and it says that it's hurt someone. You know, I feel bad for both sides. 
Um, I will say, and again, you know, there's, there's, there's always different reasons. In my personal opinion, it feels like often the errors that happen on an attraction or for rides that you see more at fairs than you do major, like fairs and carnivals than you yeah. do major theme parks. Not to take away from a fair carnival, I'm, I'm a huge fan, but I think that things that you see sometimes are in the slip up of they'll build this, you know, ride or roller coaster, and then they it's up for a week, and then they tear it down, they move it across country, they build it in another city, and they're doing that, you know, year after year, day after day, and I just think that when you take these attractions apart, sometimes rust and other things get in there, and you know, and it's just harder to follow. Again, I'm a big fan of fairs and carnivals, but I just I feel like that can be an issue. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a sad, it's a sad day when it happens. But another thing that I will tell you, um, when those things happen, the entire industry studies it. So it doesn't matter if, if, uh, if an accident happens at a, at a major theme park or a very small theme park, uh, there is a governing body that will go around and will look into these incidents. And then every theme park basically on the planet gets a report and it will say, this is what happened. This is how we fixed it. And this is how you can ensure that that incident doesn't happen at your park. Yeah. And do you have any favorite roller coasters that you haven't actually worked on? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. So um, one of one of my favorites is actually a brand new roller coaster that opened up in Bush Gardens, Tampa Bay, and it's called Iron Gwazi. Um, it's a it's a newish style. It's not brand new, but it's a newish style of coaster that comes from a company called RMC or Rocky Mountain Construction. And what they've done is there's a wooden roller coasters, the old woodies. Um, they used to be very rough roller coasters and and they would go fast but they would they would jerk you around they give you a headache often they've came out with a new style to where it looks like a wooden roller coaster but it's made completely out of steel and it can do inversions and flips but you're in this little bitty car seat uh, like a roller coaster seat with just a little lap bar and a little belt it, it is a heck of a ride but um they're called rmc coasters and this is a version of it called the iron guazi at bush gardens i love that coaster um, I also um, I'm a big fan of just some of the older ones like the like the Space Mountain yeah. and um, and Big Thunder Mountain at Disney. You know those were built way before I was in the industry, but it's hard to beat a classic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, where can we keep up to date with you everywhere if we're interested in doing so? Absolutely, you can find me on all social channels at at uh, so the at sign at W E W A Miller. Uh, it's, it's pronounced Wewa Miller. I'm, I'm from a small town called Wewa. Hitchka. So W-E-W-A Miller. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, you know, across the board, uh, some of these new uh, audio platforms such as Clubhouse, um, you know, Amp from Amazon, uh, Wisdom, you name it. So anywhere that there's a social platform, if I'm on it, I use the same social media uh, username and would love to uh, connect with you. And if anybody has any questions about how to get into the industry or what it's like working on an attraction, I would love to uh, speak with you more about it. Great. Well, many thanks for coming on the show today. It's been very interesting to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been great talking to you as well. And I hope you have a great day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, yeah. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. The throbbing pulse of sound, sound, sound. The Toby Gribben Show.